Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mic check one, two. <clears throat> Mic check one, two. Hearing all these letters read aloud by damsels not in distress. Hoes came to impress. Bitch, check your DMs. This is hot off the press. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Lauren. How are you doing? I'm good. Welcome to another episode, guys. So, what's the deal with you? What have you been up to? Not much. Okay. <laughs> My life is a lot less exciting these days. I'm really exhausted. Well, you're in quarantine, so that's probably a good thing. I think I'd be concerned if it was exciting. I'm really exhausted with the dating apps, so I don't have any, like, really fun stories to report to you. Exhausted. That's, like, that's a, a new uh, opinion from you. I don't, I don't hear you exhausted with them after all the time. Yeah, I just, I guess I'm taking a break. There's some stragglers that are you know we're still texting or messaging but it's kind of become like a chore where I like respond to everyone at the end of the night and then it's like because I think the fun of dating is like getting to know someone and texting them a lot and yeah maybe I just you know have too many in the queue right now where I just feel like I'm not really paying attention to anyone in particular but um well and it seems like the app like could lose its excitement after a while too well, it's kind of, I think everyone's just like, what the hell are we doing? Like, are we going to meet up? Are we really going to, like, become a relationship in a pandemic? Like, right. I just, I think we're all just really trying to survive right now. So mm-hmm. it's, been a, it's been a different vibe and a different mood. But no real dating updates for me. So my therapist keeps, like, nudging me. Like, she because, you know, therapists don't give advice. But right. uh, I think she clearly just... In the direction. Yeah, I think she clearly just wants to be like, Chloe, can we just take a break on the apps for a minute? Like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> um, she's just like, well, are the apps really serving us? <laughs> like, I just think that's how she, like, frames it. It's like, yeah. So she's been nudging me that it's uh, not going well for me. And it's just maybe time to take a break. And I think I'm just going to go ahead and... Uh, need that warning. So how are you? I am doing so much better than when we last spoke. Um, Back to myself, I'm getting my eight hours of sleep, riding my Peloton. Uh, (laughs) I'm like that annoying girl. Um, No, but I'm doing much better since we last spoke. Thank you for allowing me to have my vulnerable moment. Yeah, so this weekend, it's actually been a long time in the works, but 
basically about a year ago, my friend Kirsten, um, who's also from the Philly area, we wanted to work on a project together. And she is super passionate about ending human trafficking. And she's been really involved in that movement. And she brought up to me that she wanted to be working on a project um, related to stopping that. And my mom, at the time, I didn't realize this, but when we started talking, figured out that my mom was actually on a board um, for a shelter called Dawn's Place in the Philadelphia area. Um, and Dawn's Place is a safe house for women who are victims of human trafficking because a lot of them like end up having to go to jail and are dealing with a lot of legal battles. So once they're like able to get their records expunged, they go to Dawn's Place as sort of like a Safeway recovery house um, before they transition into the real world. So my mom was on the board of that organization and um, she introduced me to a lot of people in the human trafficking world. So I had an amazing opportunity last summer about meeting victims and survivors. And basically I ended up really connecting with these two women who wrote a book called A Shield Against the Monster. And one of the women is a survivor of human trafficking and the other woman is a researcher and has done a lot of work with victims and survivors. So um, I've been meeting with them and they like really took me into their arms and it was an amazing experience. So this really happens like right outside of the Philadelphia area, an area called Kensington. And they actually took me to Kensington with them. And it was a really amazing experience because Anne-Marie, um, who's one of the writers of the book, she goes to Kensington and she gives roses out to some of these women and she tells them that like they're beautiful and that they have a future after this and um one of the women who we saw like started crying and just like thanked her so much for giving her this rose and it really was just like such a life-changing experience um in seeing like this part of the world somewhere that's so close to my home so we'd been talking about this project and we knew that we wanted to film it in the philadelphia area to really show like the authenticity of how close this is happening to my home. You know, we were saying that we were going to do it in May, the pandemic happened. And I'm really happy because Kirsten was able to come back to Philadelphia. Um, this weekend, I picked her up from the airport today, I literally put up a uh, plastic shield in my car, like an Uber driver. I'm like Reggie Bush dodging these aerosols. Um, so Kirsten is here. And on Saturday, we are filming in Kensington with the two women who wrote the book. And we're going to record some voiceovers. And in this next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, like expectations and standards from men. And let me tell you that I don't like to give Brian compliments too often because I don't want him to get a big head. You know, five years in, I'm doing something right. So I need to stick with what I've been doing, which is not complimenting him. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. I'm going to give the man a compliment. Um, the man is renting a black SUV and driving from New York to Philly on Saturday because I'm not letting him stay in my house because he could be contaminated. And um, he is picking up the women who wrote the book, picking up Kirsten, bringing them to my house so that we can record the voiceover. Then he's driving us to the first filming location. He's going to have to take some pictures of me because I'm going to need a stage mom. And uh, then he has to drive one of the women back, drive back. And then the man is going to be our trafficker. So uh, catch Brian in my short film, shelling out some money and hiding behind a hoodie as a trafficker. Uh, Brian has had a role in all of the films that I have produced and uh, we are sticking with that arrangement. So gotta give the guy a shout out because um, the man does some good things for me. I'll give him that.
he's such a saint in real life and he's gonna play such a piece of shit on screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really close that my dad was gonna have to be the trafficker <laughs> until Brian like stepped up to the plate with it. And my dad is so happy to not be involved in this. So I feel like the theme of, first of all, really strong women who have been through a lot and are still so amazing and powerful is something that we talk to our guests about, as well as not settling for someone who will not pick you up in an Uber, who will not drive your castmates around, your friends around. So don't settle until you find someone like this, but she says it way more eloquently than me. So we're really excited to welcome Carrie Bernunz to the show. Thanks for joining us, Carrie. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. So Carrie is just an all around badass, I'm pretty sure, you know, she's an actress, a stunt woman, an activist. What else are you doing out there in Hollywood, Carrie? Right, I produce, I eat, I cook. <laughs> I do a, a million other things, um, which I'm sure you guys do too. I'm sure you're multi-talented. So Carrie and I actually met in an acting class um, at Leslie Kahn, and we actually met over Zoom. And I was like, this girl is just so amazing. I need to be doing as amazing as she is. And um, Carrie got on a phone call with me and advised me in some of the projects that she was producing and that I wanted to be producing. So that's how we became acquainted. But awesome. I would love to hear like how you got to where you are because I know you've been in things like Black Panther and Avengers. And we talked about this, you do a million things like in terms of being a stunt woman and an actress. I know you just had a movie on Lifetime and you're in a show on Fox right now. So just like, tell us everything. Like, how did you become the amazing Carrie that you are? I was born in Hopewell, Virginia. My mom was 17 when she had me. She married my dad 10 years older than her. We moved to Panama like a few months in. They had my sister. We stayed there about five years or so. My dad um, at the time, I said at the time because people grow, but he was like physically, emotionally abusive to us. My mom was like, so young, I can't do this. We hopped on a plane, fled from Panama, back to Virginia in the States, and then we moved around. So about five and a half to six years old until about 15, 16, I moved around, went to New School every six to eight months. So I was always super adaptive to change early on in my like career and life. And I played sports. I was also, I played sports since I was like two years old. My mom said I was always running around swimming in the ocean, jumping, trying to do a flip or whatever. And I would also like mimic and copy after people and try to try to like pretend to be them. My mom said, like, once I found somebody that I like, I would say, call me Shirley or call me this person. And it was actually the person that I like liked the most, I guess. <laughs> Had a, a lot of challenges, you know, with a single parent mom trying to figure her life out. She said she was, she was moving around to make situations better each time. But I think as a kid, you don't realize that. Because I moved around so much and I've tried so many things, um, I guess one of the things that stayed consistent with me was I was always very grateful for things that I got. And I was also like a hustler, like from the very mm -hmm. beginning, because you learn how to figure out how to make money, get money by any means you need to. I wasn't like doing crazy risk stuff like, illegal stuff but I was like number one fundraiser I, I'll beat everyone out in track but I also was like the hustle was consistent the adaptive to change was consistent having faith overcoming obstacles was just like a a day-to-day -day thing that I did so obstacles are nothing to me besides mm -hmm. like things I'm gonna run and hurdle over and I was like absolute sports junkie I love sports I love like every sport um from soccer basketball football whatever 
that kind of led me into like acting and stuff. Like I did theater and plays and stuff. Went to college. I wanted to go out in LA and chase my dream of like acting. I always considered myself as like the black girl James Bond. Early on, I learned Spanish English as like my first two languages. And then I later learned four other languages. So I speak six languages in total. Oh, wow. That's a little of my background. And then how did I transition to the movie world and all of that? So when I was in college, I had an opportunity to go uh, to Atlanta for like an internship. And while I was there, I was like, oh, I'm going to chase my dream and do acting too. Because the industry's like popping there, you know? And I did not know much about like backgrounds, extras, this, that, and the next. I honestly was like super naive to all of that. I knew that people were actors, they were on TV. I didn't know stunts existed. I didn't know any of the roles. I just was like, I remember seeing some ad about, um, do you want to be in like a show called Single Ladies that was on VH1? And I remember meeting one of my friends, Denisha, me and her, which we worked on Black Panther together, which is like super... I don't know what that word is called. Full circle. Full circle. Yes, exactly. Full circle. Thank you. We like signed up or whatever. We got on set. We found out we were extras. We didn't know what extras were. We were like, oh, this is so cool. And then somebody didn't show up and they were like, who can read these lines? And then um, people were reading it. And then I had an opportunity to read it. And they were like, oh yeah, you, you sound good. Hey, give her the intern. Change your clothes, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know that was a big deal. I was just like, oh, I'm going to be the intern. And I remember saying something to like Lisa Ray or Stacey Dash. And, and that was like my first part of like the real industry. I got out of college. Everybody was like, you need to get a real job. I was like, no, I'm going to go and chase my dreams. Moved to LA four and a half years ago. And I was just like submitting to every audition, LA Casting Actors Access, taking every class. Even when I didn't have the money, I would put a $50 deposit down and try to figure out how to pay for it. I got, I became SAG within the third month in LA because I got tapped Harley on a Ford commercial. And then I, yeah, started doing stunts and then that led into like stunt acting roles where they were looking for actors that did stunts. And I got to do that on um, Ballers, on Luke Cage, on Black Panther, Avengers. Then I got to do stunt doubling where I doubled boys and girls on Dark Phoenix, Orville, so, and it's cool because sometimes people think like, are you just a stunt woman or are you an actress? And I'm like, do a little bit of everything. You were recently on set, like during the pandemic, right? I was. How that all happened? Yeah. Yeah. God is so good. Because I actually caught the coronavirus. Actually, I had the coronavirus for a month. So How? I think I caught it from a bar, honestly. Like I protested for like 19 days, but all the people I protested with came back negative. So I was just like, Wow great for you guys but me and my friend we decided to celebrate after the one of the protests we went to dinner we need to clear our minds then we decided to go to a bar and get a little drunk and then we caught COVID. Wait can you oh. talk about COVID a little bit what that was like? Yeah. Yeah. horrible. I couldn't eat I could barely walk and I mean this is coming from a girl that has done movement my entire life like I it took me 30 minutes to make it from that side of the room to the refrigerator. People came and tried to help me out. I did have a nurse that came and visited me. I like became dehydrated. It just was horrible. I felt like somebody was bashing my head on a concrete wall. Oh my God. I had like, crazy headaches. I never get headaches. Like I honestly thought I was gonna die like three, four days in a row. And then I was just like, it really made my relationship spiritually like with God and everything a lot closer. And it's not that I fell off. It's just that I just like re-examined priorities in my life and it also made me think like it made me reposition like self-care and the amount of hours I was putting in because I was only going to sleep like four or five hours a night because I was just like constantly working 24 7 just like work 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 eat sleep breathe 
and I, my eating habit was like so off, you know? I, I haven't really known anyone that's gotten COVID, but like, yeah, I don't, I've seen videos and they said the headache is just like insane. And so that's yeah, like, and the fevers. Yeah. maybe I'll do a video because everybody's been asking me because I, I did work on set and I did, I was on set. I was actually, I was doing a voice acting job for a big project two days before I started. No, that night, that's when I got a fever that night. Oh my and God. That was two nights before, I mean, two nights after I had went to the restaurant. And that next day, my friend was like, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I was like, bitch, I'm not feeling well. The fuck? And she's like, oh my God, do you think we got it? No, I can't. It's mental. I, tell her, I was telling her, it's mental. It's mental because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just stressed out because of everything that's going on in the world. Like being Black in America, at that time when I got COVID, I was like, oh my God, everybody's protesting for us. But also it's all these killings going on. People were being hanged. Yeah. I was just so stressed out like everywhere. Yeah. And then I was also in the house. And then I was like, man, I don't have no boyfriend. I'm not married. What's going on? But it's okay. Like I had options. I just also was being COVID safe, you know? Well, that's funny that you say that because like you're one of the most successful people that I know. And it's hard to imagine, like, you with insecurities, you know, like, you just saying, like, you don't have a boyfriend and you're not married. So, like, I don't know. I think it would be really nice if you could touch on that a little bit because that's, like, super relatable for our listeners. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's not, okay, so I would say this. I definitely, I've been in a very serious relationship for, like, five years. So I got out of that relationship about almost two years ago. And it was because, like, I was in um, Canada filming X-Men and basically he was lying. He was cheating on me. And he's talking to girls on Tinder and stuff. And thank God for social media because I got like these instant like private messages, which I really rarely check. And I saw, you know, some girls like, are you guys still together? Because I see you on stage. But he sent me this message. And I was like, you're a fucking liar. I'm done with you. Blase, blase. Give my shit. No, actually, keep my shit. I'm burning your shit. Give it a home. Fuck him. I, okay, but kudos to that girl for messaging you because. I know. Four girls messaged me that they got messages. That, that they got messages from him. I know. Okay. Well, they're like, okay, that's awesome of them, though, because I was just going to say I was out here and I saw some guy on, this is when I downloaded Tinder. I was in kind of a low place. Not anything against Tinder, but anyway, I was on Tinder. And I saw this guy and he like, it was like a friend of a friend from college. And I was like, do you want to message her and say that I saw him? Like, I don't really like know her, but I feel like it, I don't know. She was like, thank you so much for messaging me because you really don't know if you're not in the same location. No, and I was not on no Tinder or no Bumble or none of those apps. Why would I get on them, you know? like Right. So it's just crazy. And hell yeah. I applaud any woman that stands up and says something because you I've know. been this person twice in my life. Both times the girls stopped being my friend. Girls have insecurities that somehow, some way, they're not going to find some man or they're not worthy of them. I don't know. You're right. living a life less than worthy and people... Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Like, I love him. I loved him. I, the only reason I lo- know Russian Alavian is because of him. Mm-hmm. But I don't give a fuck. Like, I've known him since I was 18. Loved him. We came up with kids' names together. We came up with the whole shebang. Like, we, we, like, I gave him my virginity, my everything. And it was definitely really hard. But I had already felt, like, for a month that he was doing something. And I just was like... No, I was just like, I'm in my early 20s, first off. At that time, I was like before 25, and that was two years ago, yeah. I was just was like, no, no, I'm better than that, and you have to realize what your worth is as a woman. You're young, fung, and you can, somebody's out there ready to love you and obsess over you. Trust me, because, yo, this phone don't stop ringing. And I, 
Yes. I'm gonna choose, but one of them gonna be chose. <laughs> and they all like are like, set a standard that you're okay with living with. And some women are okay with being cheated on. If you're one of those mm-hmm. women, okay then girl, I mean, just be careful. STDs come home and you gotta take some medicine for the rest of your life. That's oh my god, that was our whole last episode. I take and I also say with, you know, kindness too, if you do have STD, anybody that's watching this, it's okay. It's all right. Cause there's an app out there for that. I know friends that have it. I mean, they're beautiful. They still look good. There's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes we learn lessons in many different ways and you just gotta figure out which way you choose to learn the lesson. If you keep playing with fire, one day you might be burnt. That sounds really bad. I'm not trying to kill the mood. <laughs> No, no, but no, like it's, it's on topic because one of the things we yeah. wanted to talk to you about was like because you're so successful, like do you ever have to deal with like guys being intimidated of you or feeling like lesser than yes. you because you're oh. so far ahead in your career? A hundred percent. I even think like honestly now looking back, the guy that I was with and he's a handsome, beautiful six five, six six guy, like he's for basketball, he looked good. We had some really great times together. I do think, like, he he definitely told me, like, a couple months before I found out he was talking to other girls that he, he was like, can't you just get a job that you're, ma- that you're working, like, 10 hours a week and you just cook clean and stay at home and we get a house and have kids and you blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hold up. What has happened in the last five, six years? Don't you know who you're talking to? Like, I don't mind. Like, I have some kids. I stay at home for a few months or whatever. But he already know. I told him I want a nanny. I want his mom to come and take care of our kids. Like, we already had all this all planned out. But he also, a few things. I think when you have power of success and you have, or you have perceived power of success, or you're going in the way of power of success, and you dream big, you have big visions. You cannot be with somebody that has a small, small visions, you know, or not on the same level for you. It's like mm-hmm. that bar word, don't be equally yoked. That can be perceived in so many different ways. I think to me, like, it is extremely important to be honest with yourself that like some guys are going to think that your dream, like you tell him your dream and he should just be like, okay, and what else are you going to do? If he's like, yeah. well, dang, how are you going to do that? Or he's going to like, how are you going to do that? Heck yeah. yeah. There's two different versions, of that, you know, like, heck no, you know, somebody that's super excited about it or not, that's going to put a time restriction on your dream or it's not. Somebody's going to help you come up with strategies and figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Or some people are going to be like, how long are you going to try to do that before, you know, you decide you want to do something else? No, you got to cut that off right away because that's not going to help you. It's not going to feed into you, your growing success and all that. And they're not going to think like you do. So then they're going to be small minded and act like you to get a 10 hour a week job and stay at home. Yeah. Or because yeah. I mean, I do date, I've dated so many different guys old, young, short, tall, <laughs> starting at the beginning of their career, but got a lot of potential, but they look so good. And you're just like, oh, I see your potential. But then I'm just like, I'm also, and I, I decided probably a few months ago, I'm not Build-A-Bear and I'm not Project Fix-It. You can't date potential. potential. That is what I keep telling myself. Like, no. I don't have time <laughs> for your potential. Exactly. Yeah. See, potential after potential has made, like he's already done some stuff and you see his potential on new heights, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do it. Don't just talk about it. Like, yeah. Exactly. And if you really see your potential when you were 15. (laughs) (laughs) Some people, you never know. You might get you a a Mark Zuckerberg, but it might take a few years. But then let him come back, 
you know, in two years and capture the girl that he really wanted to be with if somehow you're still single or something, you know? It's right. Just like, I go in the first, I, first off, like I said, immediate standards. Like, if I have to meet a guy on the first date, that's fine. Like, if I have to meet at the restaurant, because I'm a girl that loves chivalry and I love, like, gentlemen that go out of their way that's like, can I send you an Uber? And I say yes. And then you set that standard already because then they already spent $30 on that Uber to pick you up, at least, you know, $20, $30, mm-hmm. 15, whatever. So if they're willing to spend money on you, they're willing to, that's already saying that they're willing to spend time with you. Time is money. Money means something to somebody. Then the next step is like, if he doesn't do that and you go to the restaurant, which I had a guy, I went to the restaurant, you know, we had dinner, but I was just like, oh my God, I think I could be in love with you. Like we had this like amazing energy. It was just great. But I also, like, although I was so excited to be there with him because he's also very successful, really great guy, I said, although I'm having, like, one of the best dates ever, I have to be honest with you, I'm a girl that likes a gentleman that picks her up for dates, at least on the first few dates. Like, I need that. And I know we're in L.A. where you can live 30, 40 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. But and then I said, I also like guys that open the car door. Like, if, I'm, if we're in the car, like, I just like people going out of their way because I'm an extra sexual person and I need some extra special treatment. That doesn't mm-hmm. like that forever. No, but yes, I will in some sense. Like, at, at fancy things that, or date nights, I want to be treated like that, yeah. And then if we're heading to grocery store, we're just like, all right, joggers on, what the fuck? Like, I might open my door and do that. But that's when you get comfortable with the person and you fill that out. But I think you have but to My mom that. is always like, oh, Brian is such a great boyfriend. And I'm always like, well, I'm such a great girl. Like, <laughs> what about me? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, no, I think it's, like, so important to set those standards up front, too. Like, I don't know. It's like, and you're not, I think girls get, like, accused of, like, oh, you're being too picky or you're being too that. And I feel like, especially for me, because I'm in the dating world, too, it's just kind of like, it sucks because, like, you almost feel like you have to lower your standards, like, after disappointments. But, like, I love, like, that you're just, like, up top, like, no, these are, like, my deal breakers and, like, take it or leave it. But, like, you need to do this at least in the beginning. A hundred percent. And I say energetically in your mind before you even have the date, have those standards. Like, I told my friend this, like, I was like, yeah, girl, I said, um, he sent a car for me. One guy sent a black car to pick me up. I mean, or they picked me up and some guy rented a whole Rolls Royce for me. He pretended. Okay. But he does drive a Maserati, which is cool. But he, he was patrolling. He was not my guy. But my point is, like, you set those standards and you, like, even if you don't get it right away, eventually it comes. And you're right. Some girls be like, your standards are too high. You're never going to find a guy. No, I'm not going to find a basic guy. You're right. I'm going to find right. a guy that's just for me. And, I mean, I literally just set my attentions because at first I was on some, like, I just want to have fun mm-hmm. and just, like, I didn't care about relationships. I was just, like, I'm focused on other stuff. But then I, I decided, I was like, no, I, just, like, two weeks ago, I was like, I think I want a real relationship, like, getting married relationship, have my kids with this next guy relationship. And then all of a sudden it's just, like, these guys, I'm like, oh my God, we could be together. It kind of came into my life. And then even one guy, like, well, both of the guys, they don't even know which one I'm talking about. You should do this in the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, both, they both said after, like, one of them I went on a date with, and I really, really like him. And I already told him the whole thing with, like, yeah, I was surprised. Um, I actually your dress because I was like, thinking maybe we live near each other, you know, you'll pick me up, something, blah, 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 blah. But I said, but no pressure, because I didn't know if this was just a, a friendly thing or if this was a date. And that's why I told him, he's like, oh, no, this is, this is definitely a date. I want this to be a date. 
I said, oh, okay, well, usually I like guys picking me up on dates, you know, or sending me an Uber or something. Oh, oh my God, noted. Like, he, then he said, I'm so sorry. He says, in LA, I ask girls the same thing. And what they tell me is like, why would you ask me that? You want to know where I live already? Blah, blah, blah. And they're just like all weird about it. And I said, I understand sex trafficking is a real thing, but mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm willing to go on a date with you, then I trust you to some extent. And I expect you to pick me up. Like if you, I pursue people for a relationship and long-term. If this was just some type of little, hey, this is dinner, this is drinks, this is a little fun or whatever, then that's a whole different thing. Shoot, I don't know. Maybe I'll drive, maybe I'll Uber myself. I don't know. But I still like, I still got standards. I'm sorry. If I'm spending any time with you over dinner and this is not a business thing, you're paying for it. I don't care. <laughs> like, fuck me. Well, and you're so busy too. Like just getting an hour with you is like so hard. So, I mean, they're lucky. Like I've had guys too, even like, you know, I need, I feel like I need to set that standard first of all, but then yeah. I'll have guys on dates be like, oh, do you want to split the bill? Which on the first date, oh, guys, damn. you do not want to split the bill on the first date. Okay. But you've heard it here. Like you've heard it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit, Karen, because you were saying with that um, relationship you were in for five years and like you know, him saying, oh, when are you going to get a normal job and stay at home? Like, it's just kind of like, he didn't even know you at all, almost. Like, it's, I don't know. And I, yeah. I just, like, firmly believe that, like, women's intuition is, like, never wrong. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Have you had any other experiences like that, just, like, with guys, like, out in Hollywood, like, being intimidated by your success? Or, like, you know, was that, yeah, just other experiences outside of the long-term boyfriend? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Yeah, I've definitely been with uh, a few other guys that are more just like this one guy, the guy that had picked me up in the Royce Royce and he's very successful, big music producer guy. Um, he's from the UK, just like sexy accent voice. I mean, we had some great times together, but after every day, like the last 15 minutes, we would get in an argument about something stupid. Like he was very opinionated and I have opinions too, but I, I'm not a girl. I'm not because I am just like, this kind of boss ass chick. I'm not like your opinions the right way. If I don't agree with it, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Well, I think this. And he was more like, what? Why would you say that? Blah, blah, blah. But um, with like, he did not like that I was outspoken about stuff. Mm-hmm. That definitely intimidated him. And then he was also, he wanted me to, for example, like kind of be his arm candy everywhere we went. And I know he was kind of looking for like a little Barbie doll. Mm-hmm. And at one point in my life, I'm not gonna lie like a little barbie doll didn't sound like a horrible thing because it came with you know a price tag and some money and stuff but then i decided i didn't want to be like a little sugar baby and i had too much i had too much smarts in my brains and too much stuff going on to just be like after someone for that level of support mm-hmm. some girls are really great at it carrie i am really great at being the person that you go on a date with and you go out to a restaurant you have fun you take to the business meeting this that and the next but I do also have like my point of views, my conversations, and I read a whole lot of books. And, you know, so that's my thing. Like we just got an argument to everything. He just kind of wanted me to be more quiet is what he said. Mm. Like, I just want you to keep your opinion to yourself a little bit more. Ew. We can be private. And no, I'm like, oh God, goodbye. Yeah. Not, so I just say like, when you get to that point where someone, that's when they really don't know you. Like, oh, you don't know me. Like your opinion, like I don't, I don't put down other people's opinions ever I fully analyze it I take it in and sometimes I acquire their opinion as my own eventually one day okay so we're gonna get into our letter for this week and it says dear damsels 
I live in NYC and recently things have been opening up, which means that so has my dating life. As I've been swiping and going on dates, as soon as I mention that I work in private equity, people either stop responding to me or no longer seem interested. I can't help but wonder if my success in my career is a turnoff. Do you think it's my career or something entirely different? Sincerely successful in everything but love. Yeah. I mean, I think the dating apps are so flaky as they are that I don't know that we can pinpoint that's the exact reason, Mm. but I think maybe like living in New York City and doing that is not helping. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think 100% is validity and her and guys. Like, I think that so many guys these days, because of social media and Instagram models and this and that, they strive for like probably three different categories of women. Like the girl that it looks really good, hot, banging, all the guys are going to talk about, but she's probably staying at home, going to have kids, and that's that. And she's okay with that. And that's good with them, you know? They're working, you know, 14, 15, 16 hours a day, and they just kind of want to come home to someone with a home-cooked meal. So in one way, like, guys are intimidated by women with success, and it's not because that they don't want them to be successful. It's just that they want a woman that they can just be like, one person can't be stressed out. If they're super stressed out and they feel like, oh, you're in my industry, hell yeah, you're stressed out too, you know? And they also know like some previous stuff that goes on at their work cohort and how they treat women or how women are perceived by them. And then they have their own like analysis of how they perceive this woman, you know? Right, Um, right. And then I think that there's other other men that want to date on the same level as the woman they're on or close to that level. And then I think the other category of women is like women that date higher, like dating CEOs and stuff like that. I totally understand where she's coming from. And I guess like it is harder if dating on your level if you decide to date within that same field of men. But... I would suggest that she possibly date someone that's in a completely opposite industry. Maybe someone that's really creative. Now they may mm-hmm. not make money unless they're at the top tier of their career. You know, dating someone that's a lawyer that complements what she does. So she, he's about the paper, the facts, legal, and she's about the money, this, that, and the next. And they could match together perfectly. Um, yeah. Or dating someone older honestly, because they either look for the young, the super young one, or they look for someone that's smart, that looks good, and, you know, got her stuff going on, and that he can help her become the big person she wants to be, he wants to be the mentor, then he also is like, I just want a hot girl that's young, you know? Well, and something that I love that you said earlier was how, like, um, people with big dreams should be with other people who have big dreams. And I think that's so true, one, in your relationships, but also, like, in your friendships. Like, especially with me and Brian, um, when I started uh, acting, one of the things that I, you know, I just wanted to be an actor. So I went to the acting classes. Like, I got my head shot. I put my reel together. But all I knew how to do were all the acting things. And my boyfriend, Brian, we've been together for five years. He's in sales. And Brian is so career-oriented. He's one of these people that wakes up, like, at 5 a.m. every day. He wants to work until 9 p.m. He's the last person in the office and the first person in. And he really started motivating me to network. Like, when I saw that you were doing amazing things, I reached out to you because I want to be doing amazing things. He, like, started helping me to sell myself. And that's helped me so much as an actor. Like, Brian has complimented my career so well because 
he brings so much of his own motivation to our relationship. And I think because we're both like career oriented people, we don't take away time from each other. And we're also like, if that person is working so hard, then like, I respect that. And I would never take away time from that because my career is so important to me as well. So all this to say that I think um, for the letter writer, successful in everything but love, I think it's really important to keep in mind that if you feel like these people are intimidated by you, then don't give them the time of day because long-term it's not going to work out. You want to be with somebody who only motivates your career and helps your career to go forward. Because if your career is important to you, then be with somebody whose career is important to them. So, I mean, that would be my piece of advice personally that like, it's not going to work out anyway. So find somebody and like keep searching and it's a pandemic. So if it doesn't work out now, it'll work out in the future. Yeah, and everybody's searching for love right now, too. I feel like it's an all-time high of people connecting and people trying to figure out, like, what they want to do with their lives. And I would say that I love what your advice was, Lauren, on finding someone that's also very career-oriented. It just depends on what type of girl you are. There's that flip side of finding someone that is, yes, very career-oriented, but they may be an entrepreneur and they may be, like, super aspirational at this point. But like we talked about earlier, big visionary, big people that actively see you going places in the future, but mm-hmm. he's going places too. Because now he might work from home and being an entrepreneur and it might not be the traditional work, but he's making money and he's progressively building for better steps. And he may be the guy that's taking care of the kids at home while he's running a business from home. And you may be the one that's out working corporate, you know? And you guys have a that perfect match because I know people are, that are like that. But um, I know a lot of women like, oh, I'm not sure. Like I could totally imagine like a couple of the guys I'm talking to, one of them, he's more in like philanthropy type of stuff and has like a big um, foundation and he helps like a lot of like A-list stars do a lot of give backs and stuff like that. And I mean, this guy is incredible. He reads so many books. Like I just like, I fell in love with him just because of like the projects he worked on already and then his heart and stuff. But I know one day I'm going to out make money. I'm going to out make more money than he will, but he still makes really great money. But I also feel like he might be the guy that I would say I'm filming a movie and I would trust my kids with him for three months. And I wouldn't think that he would go crazy or haywire. He'll put the kids on the plane. They'll come visit me. And I'm okay with that. But that's a good point. It's like, it doesn't necessarily matter that like you're the same career path or even that like you care about the career necessarily. It's that your morals need to match up. Mm -hmm. Like if you're ambitious, then you want to be with an ambitious person, but you can be ambitious in different ways. Like you can be ambitious as a family man, meaning that you have big dreams for your kids. It's just about finding people who have the same priorities as you. Yeah. And then- and then that takes still, even if he's super aspirational about the kids, like he does need to take you in a day. And eventually then you guys will get to that part of the conversation that it works out. Like know that somebody out there is like super like worthy and seeking someone that has brains to help them manage all the money that they have. And as well as somebody that can compliment them on the level of smartness and education. And you're their woman they're looking for. So like, don't give up, have faith, write in the journal exactly the man that you want and you aspire to find you and just believe like didn't let it go he's gonna find you I promise you I I spoke the same thing to my friend and she went on six bad dates on Bumble and I just told her and she deleted the app and everything I said not on Bumble I'm sorry on Hinge um and I told her I said just go on one more date just one more 
And she's like, I gave one more guy my number. If he if he texts me, then I'll go on a date with him. And then she's like, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to cancel. I was like, no, just go. I just have a feeling about this. And she went on a date with him and blown away. She's like, oh, my God, I think I'm in love with him. They went to San Diego this past weekend. They've only been dating for like, like three weeks. I'm like, wow, it's amazing, you know, so. Yeah. But I did kind of want to talk about too, like how you were saying with um, that girl, like, you know, dating someone that's like maybe in the financial industry and maybe that wasn't the best for her. In terms of dating someone like in the film industry, like I know a lot of comedians say like, cause I'm kind of more in the comedy realm too. Like they don't want to date someone who's also a comedian cause there's that competition factor. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts about that. Like, do you feel like you would date someone in the film industry that's kind of like trying to do the same stuff as you? Or do you, has that been like problematic in the past? That's a great question. He would have to be much more successful than I am. <laughs> I would not date anybody that's like chasing success like me. He would have to have already made a way, a path, known some people. If I'm dating anybody in the film industry, he's going to be established, period. Because, and then people are like, oh, then you're just dating somebody to get up to a level. Well, everything is built on relationships in this industry and not just relationships like who you're dating and who you're with and that. But I do think, like, if I happen to be in a relationship and I happen to marry someone that's a producer, then, yeah, I might be in some of his movies. But I'm okay with that. I know some people are like, that's wrong. This, that. No, it's not wrong. If you decide you find love in that way, then that's great. I'm yeah. not saying that I want to go and take people's careers and jobs. I'm only going to date people in the industry because I actually don't date anybody that's directly affiliated in the industry that way. But if I do, he has to be successful. I'm not playing no... Um, let's go chase this together. Oh my God, you got more auditions than me. Oh my God, this. Did your agent call you? My agent hasn't called me in three months. No, 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 yeah. no. That's a headache. Why? <laughs> yeah, and it adds, like I said, it just adds that competition level, which like, it's it shouldn't be that. You guys should be encouraging each other and being yeah. like happy and supporting oh. each other. Yeah, yeah. No, I always say the same thing. I would never be down. Yeah. For sure. And I have a quote that I use often and I learned this in my own relationship is that you don't fight against each other you fight together to win mm -hmm. so you figure out you know what you need to do is even if you're in the same industry it's not a competition directly it's like all right I know this you know this teach me this I teach you that let's skill each other up and then let's like do this course together and be even better oh shoot let me see quiz you on that what's even our earnings before interest minus depreciation blah, blah 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 you know like if you both are in the same industry and finance mm -hmm. or acting like all right, do that monologue again. Now, emphasis this, like, you know. I love that, yeah. We were just talking earlier, like, before you came on, Carrie, about my ex and, like, how when I moved out to L.A., like, I couldn't bring my cat with me at first, and he, like, didn't want to, like, bring the cat with him. He was, like, too scared to do that. And I talked to my dad, and he was, I was, like, would you have done that for mom? And he was, like, I would have done anything for your mom when we first started dating. Like, it's just kind of crazy. Lauren and I were talking about just the topics that come up in real life and doing this podcast and everyone's like going through this shit and like going through shitty stuff with guys. And it's just refreshing to have like someone like you on that just like doesn't put up with shit and like knows her work. Yeah. Thank I you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Don't put up with shit. You're, you're too badass to do that. You are an amazing woman. You got things that men want and there's, Seven billion people on this earth, right? Or a whole lot of people. I don't know how many. I'm but somebody out there in some place, if he's in this country or not, like he would bow down to you and worship you. I feel like that was such a great note to end it on. But we want you to plug your stuff. Where can we find you? 
find me on Instagram at Carrie Vernance, C-A-R-R-I-E-V-E-R-N-A-N-S. Also, CarrieVernance.com is my website. You can check out all my stuff there. Twitter and the same thing, Carrie Vernance, TikTok, Carrie Vernance. Yeah, I mean, we have Ultimate Tag that's currently still on. Yes, we didn't even talk about that. We are on Hulu for like the rest of the year, so check that out. I'm a big Hulu gal. Hell yeah, well, Hulu, Hulu it up. Um, and yeah i have lovecraft country i did an episode on that that's coming out hbo this month at the end of the month it was so great talking with y'all seriously thank you so much for talking with us carrie you're the best i love her she's amazing and funny fresh air and smart and i was gonna say when she was giving that advice about you know telling the guy that they need to pay the check i was like i need to like you know like just like pay her to be like on call for me and just like FaceTime her when someone's trying to make me split the bill and be like, listen to what Carrie says. Cause yeah. she's so eloquent about it. And I mean, all the reasons she gave to are just so on point. Well, it's amazing because we have such a unique opportunity where like every week we get to talk to such like strong, wise, both men and women, but like, especially the women who we've been talking to, like even Hannah, who, um, when we talked and she gave you the advice, like, do you feel bad talking about guys? And she was like, no, I don't. Like, it's therapeutic. Um, it's just amazing to meet these people who are so successful in their careers, but are also, like, sel- so self-assured about themselves and just, like, know who they are and know what they're going to deal and put up with, which I think is such an important lesson that we can all learn from. Yeah, totally. That Hannah moment was just, like, a pivotal moment for me, too. Like, she just, without hesitation, was like, no, this is my career. And, I mean, just what she was saying about, you know, the dating patterns and guys sucking. And, yeah, it's just, and like Carrie said today, it's just not something you should put up with. Like, set your standards early on. And if they're not meeting them, just don't waste your time. That's amazing advice. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. You know I'm going to hound you to write us letters. Write us the damn letters. Follow us on things. We're on everything. Damsels in the DMs, send us letters on everything. We will get them. Don't think that we're not, you know, if you send it and you think it goes into the abyss, it doesn't. Someone will be reading it. It's going down in the DMs. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.